0: a little gleeful the other day when I watched the New York Yankees <laughs> give up a Little League home run. Mm. I guess it was a little too too gleeful the Schadenfreude karma mixed together and then the Red Sox decided to give up the Little League. Little League home, run. little League home runs are a, a- just one of the one of those simple pleasures in baseball <laughs> is someone tracking this the same way they are maddox's oh i hope so i hope so yeah okay so maddox's little league home runs these you know favorite special stats <laughs> yeah yeah it's got to be there somewhere that it, i mean it's just really dumb when you see it yep right yep i mean it's just really dumb when you see it. you linked you linked to one from an m from a minor league game and that's where it feels a little bit more appropriate you're like i don't really understand you know i don't understand these uniforms what's going on here but the next that one took it to the next level which was a a bunt it was a bunt yeah it was (laughs) a it's pretty hard to beat it's pretty hard to beat just funny i is this is this happening more often what do you think um i think i think on i would guess so my feeling is yes but definitely i think i think this is pure social media fodder you know I don't okay. I think it's kind of like this feeling that for a while I had this feeling like there were more grand slams which I don't think there are. It's just that we're just you're just inundated with every single grand slam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good Twitter content. Yeah. Oh, I mean, were you just like getting sad about Rosario? <laughs> but yeah but (laughs) but like things like this i mean these are also great because um you normally have the announcer calls the little league home runs are great because the announcer is just like in real time in in real time just losing it right it's different than it's different than other than other plays because you have this just 30 second stream of just (laughs) craziness going on and guffawing. yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. i mean if you've been in a little league game <laughs> recently there's there's a certain level where you got a hit of like competence and like ability to even get to that point cuz usually it's like it very very basic it's like throw to first throw to home yeah they're going to underthrow it or or overthrow it there's only one play yeah <laughs> yeah you know but i do recall i i do recall watching um these being involved in this well, oh yeah, oh it's a it's a classic. Um, this other thing that you got here, Liam Hendricks is back. He's back. He's not Liam Hendricks, capital L, capital H. Sure. Got to win. Cancer Day. You got to win. Nice. I think I think he's uh, it's, you know good good to see him back, and I mean the, just the fact that he is pitching is pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, don't want to be like you know craven fantasy guy, but people are he's he's got to own him. <laughs> Should be owned, yeah. I, it's, the question is, what's the over/under date on um, him being the closer for the sh- league worst Chicago White Sox? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The thing about the White Sox, yeah. um, I mean, they can't. They're not even gonna be the. They're not even gonna be the division worst. Yeah, I mean, they should. They should trot him out. I, 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 honestly think it's kind of immediate, right? I mean, I think really, I, I do. I think. Um, I don't think it's gonna be Kendall Graveman, who is kind of their other one of their other. Main, you know, main pieces there. Um, Graveman is like the ultimate backup quarterback. Exactly, closers. That's why, that I I think they would rather. I mean, look, if I'm I'm White Sox management, I see very little downside to putting Liam Hendricks out there. Okay, Are you Tony Larusa or <laughs> like the current? current? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Tony Larusa for sure. If I <laughs> current management, I don't know. I I don't see a problem there. Yeah, I think pretty soon. I mean, it's all about just getting people butts in seats. And Hendricks throwing in the ninth inning is going to get more butts in seats than Kendall Graveman. Tools check-in. I'm at 56, Mm -hmm. down from 43. You're at 203, up from 233, TGFBI. This is pretty good. I might be able to get up into the top 200 here. I think you're close. I think you're close. I'm I'm kind of at a – I looked at my team this morning, feel like I'm at a little bit of an – Looked at my team with a new eye this morning, you know, and Uh feeling like I'm a little bit at an impasse. I don't have I don't have anybody that obviously needs to be swapped out. I Mm -hmm. so so it's kind of like, well, I mean, I'm trolling trolling the waiver wire for next, you know, the next big thing just in case or maybe some somebody else upgraded a piece that is actually an upgrade for me or something. You know, nothing, nothing doing there. I'm just kind of waiting, just kind of waiting at this point. I um, cannot get my pitch- pitching figured out ah. because, like, I don't see, and maybe I'm looking a little bit too, um, I'm not looking too far in the far enough into the future. I'm looking too much in the the week, okay. um, the upcoming week. But I just cannot, I just cannot get the pitching right. I finally, <laughs> I finally had lower than a four ERA. You know what it was? Three point nine nine. Three point nine one, but oh, close. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh man, <laughs> it's just there's always a guy that blows up, and Sandy Alcantara, I think, is clearly our biggest whiff of the year. I uh, do you have do you have Urias as well? No, I have Scherzer. Well, okay. So I think I mean between the two of us, I so I have Alcantara and Urias. You have Alcantara and Scherzer. I mean, the fact that we had to spend big capital to get those guys just second and fourth biting us just totally biting us i think Uh, uh, yeah alcantara i mean alcantara is the type of thing that makes me really need to go back and review what the heck the projections are doing because the projections were positive that he was going to be great this year and he's like a number five i know but i said this is one of those pieces of like This is the um, projecting starting pitchers versus projecting closers. But in reality, in projecting an upper echelon, my theory of every single year, take the top 12 and you're going to have you have this hierarchy of like four will come back to being the top twelve, four are going to like take a really big step back and then. Four are going to be significantly hurt during the season, with probably two out for the year before mm-hmm. the All Star break, and knowing which ones are going to come back, it's like why Garrett Cole keeps them being valuable because even in his years where he's had like a step back from being a number one pitcher, he's still like a, still top twenty instead of doing like um, yeah Aaron Noah. Aaron Nola is like the poster child of the, like, this is going to be the year. He's a top 12. Yeah. He was top 12 last year. And then it's like, yeah. I know I'm Aaron Nola. <laughs> I don't know. Whip, yeah, uh, <laughs> is that a stat that you care about this year? No, it's funny because it's funny because we have examples on both sides, right? I mean, I picked I famously, in our home league, picked Justin Verlander over Spencer Strider. Turns out that's going to go down as a really bad decision. If. I mean, because Spencer mm-hmm. Strider is the guy where it's like, well, can he really be a top 12 again? And you're like, actually, yeah, <laughs> it turns out. So far, so good. Yeah, and Manoa is another case, right? Manoa, he's not, he's not, he's not world-beating this year, but he was a guy who broke into that super upper echelon last year, and maybe seemed like okay, seemed a little bit less of a sure thing to stick, but turns out he's great. And Alcantara, the thing, the thing about it is that the projections were not sure about either of them. Our projections, we're not sure about either of them, but they were sure about Alcantara. And I just, I'm just going back, circling back to say, I have why to look we, at this. Why were we sure? Yeah. Why were we sure that? Yeah. Because why were you sure that he was a, he was a sure thing? I was skeptical, just in the same way that I'm skeptical of any 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 top pitcher. Um, we we should we should be skeptical. I I'm not saying that we shouldn't be skeptical. I think that we made a conscious choice to trust the projections. And at this point, we're far enough into the season to be like, "What the heck? Projections? Projections? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they were. Though one of the projections that we like, but at the same time, we trust the projections because Meryl Kelly, yeah, is number one thirty is the thirty one pitcher, and it was like everybody keeps on passing over Meryl Kelly because it's like, and it's Merrill Kelly, yeah. It's like, but we just know that at the end of the year, he's going to do Merrill Kelly things. Even yep. like, come on, let's be honest, he's going to regress. <laughs> <laughs> but- Yes, but but still, I you gotta take them where where you took them. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's just kind of um, I'm not saying, I guess I'm not saying that we need to overhaul the projections completely. I'm saying there's some God, more uncertainty. There's some element that we missed that that we missed in the projections that lead would lead us to this. And I just need to figure out like what indicator is it about Alcantara that what if we go back to the data last year, what about that suggested that he could have this year yeah we should we should look and see if there's an underlying stats so we, you don't mean to, you want to talk a little bit about opponent quality today just a little bit of a high level shoot around i think we need to talk about opponent quality this is a thing that we know in our gut right <laughs> and we don't really have we don't really have a quantification of it yet yeah so i was playing around with this midweek last week because i i said to myself i need to get I'm behind in K's. I'm behind in in, in our home. Behind in K's. Behind in wins. I don't really care about ERA, bright ERA and whip right now. But, like, I think that I want to have a pitcher that I could possibly start who's going to have a good chance at a win, good chance at some K's. And so I went through and looked at all the starting pitchers and who were available. And it was like, you know, there are three guys who were – Clearly, the ones that were have the recent track record that would suggest that they're going to have uh, good games, and then they're playing. I think it was like Dodgers, hmm. no Tampa, hmm. no, and then one was playing Boston. It's like no, 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 thank you. So I went through, and then I was like, okay, but what are the teams that I really want to start against? Mm-hmm. And so I did. I I went back to our our scraping, and I said who who are the teams that are going to give me the best chance for a win? And I'm going to say, let's just say that that's based on the runs scored by the team, assuming that the offense means more than, than anything else. Who do you think, who do you think are the bottom five in terms of runs scored? No, I was looking at runs. Well, this is kind of cheating. Cause I was looking at runs scored in preparation for this. I mean, obviously so you it's have it on the top of your head, top five, bottom five. Hopefully you're not. Uh, okay. So obviously it's, it's gotta be the athletics. And then, I mean I'm yeah. just kind of going I'm going from the bottom of the division. So I was thinking I was thinking Kansas City and then I actually think that I think the Nationals are really bad. I think the problem with runs scored is that it probably knocks out Colorado in terms of other teams that I would consider to be bad. Right. And then and then I just have to kind of keep going up from the bottom of the AL and I would say White Sox, we know White Sox are bad and Tigers. And that's my five. Yeah. Well, the White Sox after yesterday, I'm pretty sure the White Sox were in the bottom five. But after <laughs> yesterday, or the last uh, five days, they've uh, they've yeah. done done pretty well. Amazing. Oakland, okay. Detroit, okay, Cleveland, Kansas City, and Miami. Miami did not get Miami. That that is surprising. I mean, on because their run differential is their run differential is lower of of those 5 they have the lowest run differential there. Um but I, I want to just quickly not not fully dispute the premise but add I don't think yes, I think run ahead. differential is more important for wins. But I think if you were asking for quality starts per se, then you would really be worried about runs scored. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um the reason why I was going against a run differential was because I kept on seeing in here, once you look at the run differential, you realize that there are some teams that score quite a few runs. Sure. Who oh, yeah. Are, have, just have, have a terrible run differential. The Colorado, your Colorado example is, is yeah. a great one. You know, it's 57 run differential. It's awesome. Um, but they score in the middle of the pack in terms of runs. Similar with Cincinnati. Where it's like their negative thirty-five run differential is pretty solid, but they scored two hundred seventy-one runs. So yeah. I actually, I hmm. you don't, I, I don't know. I think that to have a chance for a win, you want to have someone who's not chased out of there. The higher, there's more well, uncertainty yeah. hmm. once you have more runs coming in. I, you, you, you make a really good point. It's a good point. Do, I mean, we got we, It's something that we should investigate. You have to you have to make it the five innings, right? <laughs> or you gotta you gotta make it. You basically yeah. need to make those five innings. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. And if you're a if you're not great, if you're like a middle of the road pitcher, I'm thinking of um, in Wall Street. It's like pick some stocks with a, with fewer fleas or whatever. It's like that's what you're thinking of when you're picking these starting pitches. Like pick yeah, the ones with the, with the fewest fleas, right? And these are the guys that are going to get pulled. Or it's like three run homer in the third inning. Well, he's not going to get get three times to the rotation. He's gonna be out of there. Right. In the middle of the in the middle of the fifth, where you kind of need him to get to five innings. Man, some of these some of these runs allowed numbers are bonkers too. I mean <laughs> Oakland. <laughs> oh man For Oakland. Four hundred and eighteen runs allowed. Not I mean and two hundred and six runs scored. I mean not only are they way low in runs scored Well, that's not true because now I'm looking at it. The Tigers have only scored 207 runs. But the Tigers have somehow only allowed 271 runs, whereas the Athletics, 418. That is insane. Well, I don't know what's happening with the Tigers. The Tigers, that doesn't seem realistic. Um, Which which number doesn't seem realistic, the runs scored? The runs scored and runs allowed are both too low. Well, I I think that's true for them and Cleveland, right? I mean looking just looking at looking at Cleveland is your team the only team with any offense? There must be a lot of maybe that's just your plan that they're no, no, no. all playing AL Central teams. I know yes over the course of the season we're going to get a lot of a lot more interleague play but maybe it's there's something about just the No but but Minnesota doesn't actually have that much offense either. They have they have the second lowest runs allowed. Is what's driving their very positive differential. Yeah. I mean but- they're in – 267 runs scored is hands down the best in the the uh division. Oh well, I mean, yeah, but they're still in the bottom half of the league. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, 267 No, they're like they're like the half. They're at the exact halfway point here in the league. So Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas City, and then Minnesota. Am I missing anybody in the central 14. well, the White Sox are right below them, right? So the White Sox oh, are two sixty-two. Right, 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 right. This is all in terms of trying to get a couple of extra wins. But but the thing is, is that wins are always at the margin of stats, right? I mean, like think about the past three years. We've spent a lot of time on this pod discussing squeezing TGFBI wins at the end of the season. <laughs> well, maybe this is going to be the year we figure it out, <laughs> because because every win is so valuable in both. I mean, both our home league and TGFBI. Every win is so valuable. Oh, I'm at 15. That's not, that's not awesome. I only have 15 wins. <laughs> what? See, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Oh man, it's like so things, funny. Things like that are a serious, are a serious problem. And that's what, what makes it like, if you got another, that means you're getting two wins a week, less than two wins a week. <laughs> like, yeah, usually it's like one. And I'm like, how did I only get one win? One hundred sixty three point five. That's where I am. So it really extra. I had a couple extra wins. That's what that's the sole reason why I went up this week. I had four wins. Whoa, that's I know. Enormous. Well, the other thing is stolen bases somehow. I have three digits. Wow. Let's right now in the category points. I am. I am not a bottom feeder. It's amazing. I mean, you are way. Let's be, you are you are quite far down with that number of wins, though. 163.5. What does that mean? What does that? Yeah, it means that I'm better than 163 teams. So the number the number one wins guy right now has 45 in TGFBI, and I mean I'm looking at this. So the number one wins in MLB right now is a tie between Nate Evaldi and Shane McClanahan with eight each. So, oh man, yeah, and so right it, now that weights fantasy value because Evaldi is the number one player, right? The number yeah. one pitcher and those wins because he's on what he's like on a 21 win pace then that's just not just doesn't happen anymore yeah yeah right i mean nobody else it's only him and mcclanahan that are on pace to win more than 20 right because even the guys right now that are at seven wins are not going to be on pace to win they're not going to be on pace to win 20 games no because because it basically a, a key starting pitcher right now has 12 starts a pitcher that's that's started their normal number of starts. Yeah, man, just looking oh. at this, it's it's crazy. There's Merrill Kelly though. Look at that, Merrill Kelly, workhorse, seven <laughs> wins. Wait, he's got like half your wins. <laughs> I guess so. Nice, Good for Merrill Kelly. Go Merrill. Good for Merrill Kelly. <laughs> Scherzer has to like turn around, and figure out the right level of stick. Yep. I, yeah, I mean it, it's hard. It's hard because you're always dealing with these small numbers of statistics. So I think. We do need to go out and correlate stuff. And I think, we, think thinking about what we need, we need average number of innings per outing per pitcher. And maybe against, like, we're talking about opponent quality here. So we actually want to somehow tie that to a snapshot of how good the team is at any given time. I think it's actually the opposite. I don't want to get... I don't want to get too into the weeds with like actual pitchers against actual opponents. I want to get to the point of like a red red yellow green start <laughs> okay. against this team, s- don't start against this team and caution. Yeah, I mean it's I like some and things are easy if, right now. <laughs> well, right, it's well, I think it's really easy of like start against Oakland. Yes. Start against in Kansas said, yes. Start against the Dodgers, no. <laughs> start against mean. Tampa, no. But Texas, and Texas, number one run scores um, don't start against Texas if you have a streamer. So are we gonna are we gonna restrict ourselves to starter wins right now, or are we because we're not ready to deal with reliever wins? No. <laughs> okay, let's no let's restrict wins. ourselves to starter wins. I mean, another interesting number: just how many wins are starter wins? Oh. Well, we, that's a whole nother. That could end up being the, the whole thing. We we have talked but, about this more. More relief pitchers are getting the wins, but we also need to know that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. hey, I picked up Matt Strom for a reason. Good man. That about brings us to the review session. Josh Bell. Man, has Josh Bell been around for a long time, huh? You know, there are a lot of players where it's like I hear the name, and then it's like, oh wow, he's been around for so long. And it's like, oh, it's actually a similar name to someone who is relevant in fantasy in 2011 and it's not the same guy. But Josh Bell has, has been around on the corner of being vice fantasy viable starter for a while. Well, worse than that, he was a prospect first, right? Mhm. So he's so he has this so he's like he's like Jason Hayward if he if Jason Hayward had never had a good season. <laughs> you know, he's like He's like the kind of guy where you always, you talked about him for a number of years, and then it just, he's, he's always on the cusp, and I feel like he's been. I mean, he's been on the waiver wire for the past five years, right? <laughs> yeah, there are two, there are two seasons that were elite, but even in those years, you can, you can probably nitpick, right? It's seventeen and nineteen for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, I think elite is somewhat in the eyes of the beholder 2019 was a was a great year but i mean I don't care anyway where's he at right now so so currently currently he's on the cleveland guardians which is is a new landing spot for him as of this year Good first time know. in the al first time in the al doesn't matter anymore but that's fine uh he's played in 53 games so far he's got nine runs am i reading this right <laughs> nine <laughs> runs 26 yeah. rbis he's got four home runs and he strikes out all the time. He's got a 225 average. <laughs> I mean, Josh Bell is. We're we're finally we finally done it. We're in firm waiver wire fodder. I think yeah. you know, sixteen pods in. We're finally on a guy that it's like. Nah. Well, it tells you. Yeah, if you didn't hit on your first fifteen draft picks, and you're just picking the next guy up, you have a chance that you're picking a real dud. And it, and actually, it goes mm-hmm. back to probably somewhere around the Christian Walker point. Yeah. Where it was like, if you're picking at the first baseman after Christian Walker, you've got really big uphill climb. Which actually means, because there are some first basemen who are more valuable than the guys that we've discussed. Yeah. Which means, like, you might as well go into the season and wait at this point. Yeah. Wow, Josh Bell. <laughs> He's only scored five runs outside of his home runs. Uh, Yes, that is correct. The quick, the quick math there for you. That That is indeed correct outside of his whopping four home runs 26 rbis is nothing to sneeze at well so part of this is where cleveland has stuck him in the lineup i mean he's he's meant to be like a a real classic first baseman right like a like he's not he's not that great he's a power hitter he's hitting number five he's he's like the cleanup for the cleanup guy and that's mostly where they've been using him. So I think, I mean, the the, the lineup that I think Cleveland wants is Stephen Kwan, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, Josh Bell, double Josh, yeah, double Josh. I think I think that's for the most part the lineup that they want. Although you know, Andres Jimenez is is kind of sneaking around for some some Josh Bell plate appearances. Yeah, Andres Jimenez was like. First, at times last year, so well they they have they have batted Stephen Kwan at first every game except for one <laughs> so far this year. Uh, he's one of the ones that I recall us talking about it preseason season. was like, oh, it's Stephen Kwan or Andres Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pretty solid with this Stephen Kwan Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez. It, it's obvious that that's what they like. The Josh Naylor is doing. I keep keep. He's like. Man, they have three Joshes. They could have three Joshes in their starting lineup. <laughs> Big fantasy team of all Joshes. Man, that's a yeah, that's a that's a lot of Joshes. Way too many Joshes. So the Josh Naylor thing is like the biggest problem with the Josh Bell. The sure. Biggest impediment to him is Josh Naylor is like, and that's what I said in the in no. the draft. I saw Josh Bell and I was like, I don't want this. It sh- it Josh should the, Naylor, It should be the opposite. Josh Bell is a problem for Josh Naylor what do you mean it should be that josh naylor with more playing time might be better than josh bell no yeah so i mean what if they is is josh bell actually playing first base or is he DHing for them (laughs) oh that's what i was looking for um he has played 34 times at first this year and what's josh naylor doing oh this josh naylor is 34 times at first sorry and what's josh bell do, do 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 do, do 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 Oh, a paternity list right now. Yeah, exactly. Josh Bell has played twenty times at first base this year. So they're really splitting them. I mean, I really don't like I really don't like that from, you know, for for either of them getting into a rhythm. No. No, because I think that we, we have seen that the offense starts with the defense. Yeah, for sure. I, like look, this is a lot this is a lot of playing time for a guy who's not producing <laughs> I mean, you said, <laughs> you know we say this like if you have a x hole in your lineup if you have a josh bell sized hole in your lineup you should fill it with anyone who's not named josh bell <laughs> I, well first of all if this if the size of the hole in your lineup is josh bell you're in a pretty good place right <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely because <laughs> you didn't need much then i i mean um this 225 okay a, so his 225 BABIP is a big problem. Yes. And his Babip is 271. Which ain't Ooh. gonna get any better. That's even a bigger problem. What what is what's his career, Babip? I mean, how has he been other years? 287. So it's like <sighs> slightly low for his career, but that's right in the Sorry, world. his two last year was two eighty seven? No, his Career is two eighty seven. Oh, his career? Because I'm looking. Last I mean, I'm looking at two ninety six. Looking at his batting averages here, his career is two sixty. That's that's a really close to batting average. I mean, that just tells you that he can't do anything. He can't leg anything out. <laughs> Isn't that surprising? Yeah. No, no, no. But what what do we do with him? What do we do with him? <laughs> Honestly, I, you like, don't own him. He's he's waiver. He's like if you see the matchups and they look good and he's been on hot streak, pick him up. He's if not, not. Drop him. It's not going to be on a hot streak. What kind of a hot streak makes you want to get Josh Bell? Don't know. I don't even know. Hit a couple home runs. Not even hit a couple home runs cuz they're so random. Yeah, if I you mean, see that Josh Naylor is hurt and he's moved up to fourth, I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, cuz the thing is is that they're never going to move him higher than fourth in the lineup. They would be crazy to do that. And so he's not going to he's never going to score He's not going to score more runs. Because, like, let's look at the back end of this of the Cleveland lineup. First of all, we just <laughs> talked about how Cleveland has not scored very many runs. Second of all, they're backing him up with <laughs> Gabriel Arias, Will Brennan, Miles Straws down there. Miles Straw at the very bottom of the lineup. Cam right. Gallagher, Mike Zanino. I mean, these are, like, no wonder he's not getting any runs except for his home runs. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've uncovered why the uh, Cleveland run scored is <laughs> so low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we solved Solve that big, big <laughs> <The> conundrum. Mystery. <laughs> Gigantic mystery of why they're not scoring runs. Yeah, Elmed Rosario has been, uh, yeah, that first four. I mean, that first four has taken a big step back from what they did last year. And the question is, if they do a, a like typical Cleveland second half of the season, they turn it on. Well, I mean, the, honestly, they have everything to play for, right? Because the AL Central is wide open. Wide open, absolutely. So, like every every team in that division has something to play for. Cleveland has the most to play for because they have the the smallest gap to overcome <laughs> to pass the Twins, right? And yeah, they just have the Twins in their way. Like this yeah. is not this is not a mountain they haven't climbed several <laughs> times this millennium. I know. I know. I know. Don't remind me. Okay, one thing that one thing that Josh Bell is good at a lot of walks. The guy walks a lot, actually. Yeah, he does He does have a pretty good walk ratio. Should we... I, I mean, I want to over-under something that is that makes it interesting for us to look at him later in the season. Something that would be like... I want to over-under something that is actually a good bellwether statistic for we should actually pay attention to Josh Bell. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, exactly. I think... Um, I mean, okay, well... So he's played. He played 156 games last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Then all right. Then what we need is an over under that that reminds us next year not to draft Josh Bell. <laughs> um, I mean, the other question is: Is he going to stay on the Guardians? Um, th- you mean could they upgrade him? Might they trade him? Are there any teams that would interest you if they got him? Are there any teams where Josh Bell would interest you if the, if he got traded to them? I mean Texas probably. <laughs> always Texas. The answer is always yeah. Texas. Yeah, Texas does not have a Josh Bell sized hole. <laughs> Atlanta, maybe. I don't. I don't. I mean Detroit it could just t- it could take him. <laughs> to add to that, that well, that's cluster. that's why I was that's why I was looking to see if he was comically underpaid because no, could they someone might take him? Could they dump him as a contract thing? But like, no, they're not going to. They, it's. He's a little, I he's, could see him. I could. The team that I really actually see him as, there's two. One we've talked to. One that we've talked about earlier, which is Milwaukee. You can see him in Milwaukee. Can't you just see him in the Brewers jersey? They already have Rowdy us. I I know the uh, the big big boy <laughs> brothers. I don't know. Big boy club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tall Steins. I, I don't know what you'd what you'd do, <laughs> do with that. I mean, John Singleton is getting at bats for Milwaukee. So uh, yeah, as, as has been discussed. Yeah, it's true. Fair enough. Um, and the other team is the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. Angels. The Angels is a, a good, a very reasonable prediction, actually. So I could see him slotting into number five with the Angels. And is that better than number five with the Guardians? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, oh boy, wow, looking at this Angels lineup, they could. They could go out there and get him for sure. They have, they have, and you, if you have Hunter Renfro behind Josh Bell, that's actually, well, that's a lot better than Andres Jimenez or Miles Straw. Well, they have, yeah, I mean, they actually have real, they actually have real batters down there. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. I think that the, the most interesting thing is if Josh Bell gets traded. (laughs) If he gets traded or the Cleveland does their like annual run, then he might actually be valuable. Okay. Uh, Who are we doing next week? talk about jose miranda all right time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i've got left is worst luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too